Good evening, if you would, let's stand. Let's worship. I stand amazed. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the everlasting arms. Amen. Sing it together if we could.
everlasting arms that means you're saved so everybody notify your face put a smile on your face tell somebody you're glad to see them tonight let's fellowship for just a little while before we continue tonight all right find your place go ahead and be seated for a second and we got just a few announcements all right we're so glad you're here tonight uh, first things first do we have any visitors in the house we've got a, an usher who would love to give you a card we don't want to embarrass you but we would like you to fill out a card so that we can have a record of your visit any visitors in the house tonight uh, all right raise your hands boys there you go all right and here's what we're going to do. What we've been doing is all week, every visitor gets a free movie ticket. So uh, be sure and write your address where we can mail that to, and we will mail that to you. And then uh, whoever brought you, did Andrew bring y'all? All right, Andrew gets a movie ticket too then. All right, good deal. <laughs> amen, amen. All right, Any, anybody else? Any other visitors in the house? All right, one over here. Awesome, somebody can get the one over on the far side over here. He's going to make his way over there. Let me give you some announcements while he's getting over there. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, everything kind of gears towards the last night. Uh, it's always been youth night here, and we're going to have the house full of youth, hopefully. And uh, we're going to do that by giving them free pizza. So we're going to feed all the youth free pizza. So advertise that, young people, free pizza. And then we're going to give a $100 cash prize to the one who brings the most visitors, all right? So, uh, so do that also. And uh, we have a special guest worship band, a group of friends of mine called Ladder Rain. And uh, they do, uh, they're bilingual. They do, they do worship in Spanish. They do worship in English. Uh, so I told them, hey, if y'all want to get crazy and speak in tongues here, uh, you can do a little Spanish. And then we can do a little bit of English. Uh, but I think they're going to do mostly English for us, uh, for us gringos, all right. Uh, but they, uh, they are wonderful. They great job, great musicians, great people. So... Uh, you don't want to miss tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's going to be a wonderful uh, cap to everything, all right? And then uh, coming up quickly, two weeks from tomorrow, is going to be our fall festival. So we need everybody on board. We've got a sign-up sheet back there. 
uh, please put your name on there, what you'd like to do. Uh, it's going to take all of us to do that. And uh, I need candy. I always need candy. And you bring it here, and my promise to you is I will not eat it before the Halloween night, all right? Uh, but uh, we're collecting candy right now, so if you can bring us candy on Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, we'll be collecting that up till that night. And then uh, at the very end of the month, we'll have movie night. We've been watching The Chosen. Uh, that's um, uh, Sunday, October 29th at 6 p.m. Free popcorn, free candy, and Jesus. Amen. Can't beat that deal. So we got a power-packed uh, October. Amen. And uh, thank you. The crowds have been good. Uh, did y'all enjoy uh, Catch Me If You Can if you got here a little bit early? If you didn't, you missed it. But it was good. It was good. Oh, you missed it? Oh. He got, he got Andrew's fries, though, I saw. <laughs> uh, next time, next time. Uh, but it's good. It was very good. Uh, so uh, don't forget, tomorrow night we will have a food truck for the adults. Again, we'll be feeding the kids uh, pizza. So come tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be, a, like I said, a wonderful cap to a, a wonderful week so far. Hadn't Brother Herman done an amazing job? Give Brother Herman a big hand. Amen. Well, usually at Revival, one night, uh, I try to do uh, called the 50 song. Uh, and this gets harder every year because this is a high song. It's uh, it, Some of you are old enough to remember the old... Uh, 50s doo-wop. Well, somebody a few years ago took a 50s doo-wop song and made a Christian song out of it, uh, kind of Frankie Valley style. I don't know if you remember Frankie Valley. He was the guy that sang like a girl. And uh, so I don't know if I will do it justice tonight, but uh, we're going to go ahead and do the 50s song, all right? Can y'all help us out on that if you would? All right. Your job is to sing wonderful. Everybody say it between you. One, two, three. Well, there you go. You can do it. You follow Miss Julie on that, all right? Hang on. Let me get some coffee real quick. <clears throat> Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six. Whoa, Jesus, you're so wonderful.
and sing that song. <laughs> All right, if you stand one last time with us, and we're going to sing a great song, and Miss, uh, Miss Tracy's going to lead us on this. He's a good, good father. How many of you believe that tonight? He's a good, good father to us. Amen.
Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you that you're a good, good Father who loves his children. Lord, we just, may we just bathe in that tonight, God. May we just let that flood all over us. That God, you're a Father who loves his children so much. Lord, I pray that we would be overwhelmed and overcome by your love tonight. Lord, as Brother Herman comes, Lord, and as he shares the message, Lord, I pray that what he says tonight would penetrate our hearts. I pray that we'd come before you tonight with an open spirit and open ears and open hearts and say, Lord, speak to me. Don't speak to the person next to me. Don't speak to the person behind me or in front of me. Lord Jesus, speak to me tonight. Lord, I pray that God, you'd use Brother Herman as we prayed every night. None of this matters, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to show up in power. Lord, thank you for the ones that have already been saved this week, the ones who've already made decisions to recommit themselves to you, God, the ones who've joined the church. God, just thank you. And, Lord, we just anticipate uh, great things happening, God, over the next two nights. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Give Brother Herman a big hand as he comes to preach to us. Again, this is a good, good group, and we welcome you. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I felt sorry for Brother Austin a moment ago. He leaned over and said, when's the food truck going to get here? I said, they're just now leaving, Brother Austin. And he got in here reading his Bible and let it get all past him, so he missed out on that good fish. But uh, it was certainly good tonight, and we appreciate uh, the food truck being here. Good to have you tonight. We've had a great, great time. You folks are so easy to preach to, and I just rejoice in what God has done. You come with an open heart, hoping to hear something from the Lord, and, and God has been speaking to our hearts, and many of you have responded in such a, a great, great way. I was uh, so thrilled to see Brother Cody last night come and accept the Lord Jesus Christ into his life. As somebody commented on my page today on Facebook, that if that's all that happened this week, it's been worth it all right there. Just one, the Bible said the angels in heaven rejoices over one that comes to repentance. And so we uh, appreciate last night so very much. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night because usually youth night is a big, big night. And so uh, I'm praying and I've been praying that maybe tomorrow night a lot of young people will come to the Lord. Uh, not only come to the Lord, but also follow him in baptism or become a part of the fellowship, get involved so that they, in turn, will begin to share their faith with others around them. That's what the Christian life is all about. And so we're going to be talking about that tomorrow night. But for tonight, I hope that you brought your Bible and will turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I keep track of everything that I preach in every church so that I never preach the same thing in any church that I go to. And that makes it difficult sometimes when you go to church so many times in a row. I know First Baptist Church, Rio Grande City, we've been there 27 years in a row, and I've never preached the same message any time that I've ever been there. Always been a different message. And so uh, I was looking over and I just accidentally saw that I had never preached this message. And this is one of my favorite messages in the whole Bible because it's a message of encouragement. It's a message to say to you how important you are to the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter where you've been, no matter where you are, it's only one step to come back to where you need to be. And so in Jeremiah chapter 18, 
you remember the situation at Jeremiah's Inn. Uh, you and I know that Jeremiah was noted as a weeping prophet. Uh, he had a broken heart for God's people. Uh, God's people was filled with wickedness and idolatry and apathy. Uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with God. And Jeremiah was pleading and calling them back to God, but they were not willing to listen to Jeremiah. Broke his heart. And in the midst of that brokenness, God spoke to him in chapter 18, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. You know, I've never read that, that I haven't asked myself the question, are we where God wants us to be so that we can hear what God wants us to hear? Notice what he said. He said, go down to the potter's house, and there... I'll cause thee to hear my words. We must be where God wants us to be. In verse 2, it says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he worked a work upon the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel. It seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, Cannot I with you as this potter, says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hands, O house of Israel. I've often thought, in the situation that Jeremiah was in, getting a word from God to go down to the potter's house and there that he would hear what God wanted him to hear. I imagine Jeremiah was looking forward to going. I believe Jeremiah thought that maybe could be that God was going to have some new prophet that was going to come up on the scene, some uh, fresh word from God that would turn God's people back to God. And Jeremiah hurriedly went down to the potter's house to hear what God wanted him to hear. He walks into the potter's house. He looks around, and there's nobody there except a man working with clay upon a wheel. And Jeremiah must have stood there thinking, maybe the prophet's not here yet. I'll just wait. And as he began to wait, he began to get caught up in what the potter was doing. And maybe as he was standing there, it was evident that all of a sudden his thoughts came to something like this. I know maybe what God is trying to say to me is simply this. As the potter is in charge of the clay, so is God in charge of his people. That God is sovereign. He's in charge. We're not in charge. God's in charge. But as he thought about the clay, he must have thought about we, God's people, in the hands of the potter. And then he saw the wheel as it was spinning. As the potter was working with a piece of clay upon the wheel, and all of a sudden he began to think about how life was spinning, and it stops for no man. He thought to himself, said, maybe that's what God wanted me to see. God sent me down here so that I would realize that he's sovereign, we're the clay, and that life is spinning and it stops for no man. I'll go now, God. When all of a sudden God says, no, Jeremiah, you haven't even begun to see what I wanted you to see. Watch the potter, Jeremiah. As Jeremiah stopped and paused to watch the potter, he learned his first lesson. He learned that the potter was not working with two vessels at a time, he was working with only one vessel at a time. And all of a sudden, God 
showed Jeremiah that not only was he sovereign, not only were we the clay, and not only was life spinning, but that God was working individually with each and every one of us. That no matter who we are, we're all important to God. We're one, but we're an important one. We all can't do everything, but all of us can do something. I think Jeremiah had gotten to the place that maybe could be. And Jeremiah just lumped all of the people together. And as he looked among the people, he just saw the wickedness and the idolatry and the apathy that the people had. But he failed to realize that every one of those people out there were important to God. And Jeremiah might have needed to see that, just like you and I may need to see that. You know, sometimes we look around us and we just have a tendency to lump people together and, and we say, you know, that group or that group and look at our city and all of that. But every place you and I look at is made up of one person at a time. And every person is important to God. No matter who they were, you remember the story where it talks about that one sheep was lost and he left 99 to go after the what? The one. You remember the woman that lost the one coin that brought in the light and the broom and swept the house until she searched diligently till she found that, what, one coin. As I said a moment ago, the Bible said that all of heaven stops and rejoices over one person that comes to repentance. The importance of one. So that says to you and me tonight that no matter who you are, you're important to God. doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. You are important to God. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that while you were yet in your mother's womb, God already knew you. Before anyone ever saw you, before anyone ever touched you, God already knew who you were. The Bible said that not only did he know you before you were born, but the Bible said that God's going to know you after you die. The Bible said it's appointed that the man wants to die, and then the judgment. God not only knew you before you were born, God's going to know you after you're dead. And you cannot tell me tonight that God doesn't know you now. You see, there's not a single one of us in this room tonight that God doesn't know. And God is saying to you that no matter who you are, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that maybe this world that is in such a chaos and maybe it may be filled with so wickedness and idolatry and apathy and all of that, that no matter what you're surrounded with, you're still one, but you're an important one. You are special to God. You know, I've never thought, about that scripture that says there's not one sparrow that falls to the ground that God's not aware of. Now, I was a farm boy, and I was raised on a farm. I wasn't very old till I got my first BB gun. And you know what I did? I hunted those sparrows. Man, I looked at those trees. I could spot a sparrow a mile away. I'd sneak up on that sparrow, and I would pop that sparrow and watch that sparrow hit the ground. But never did I ever realize and every sparrow that I knocked to the ground, God knew. God knew that sparrow. And there wasn't one sparrow that ever fell to the ground that God wasn't aware of. And if he thought that much of a sparrow, how much more does he not think of you and me? 
You are special to God. So maybe Jeremiah said, I'm going to go now, God. i got to go back and tell those people that God is your sovereign, that we're clay in your hands, that we're not in charge, that you're in charge, and that life is spinning and it stops for no man. And no matter who they are, God, no matter what they've done, they are special to you. You see, that's the word that this world needs to hear today. We live in a world of loneliness today a world of hurt. We live in a world where so many people feel like that some way, somehow, that everybody else may be important, but they're not important. That some way, somehow, they are the forgotten few. I want you to hear tonight, you are not forgotten. God knows you, and you are special to God. He said, I'll go now, God. God said, no, Jeremiah, you only learned the first lesson. Watch the potter, Jeremiah. And as he began to watch the potter, all of a sudden he realized that not only was God sovereign, not only were we clay in the potter's hand, not only was the wheel spinning, not only was every person important, but as he began to watch the potter, he noticed that the potter was touching the clay to make it better than what it was. As the potter was farming the clay, he noticed that he was making a vessel, a vessel, but not only just a vessel, but a vessel of usefulness. And not only a vessel of usefulness, but a vessel of beauty. Have you ever thought that's the very thing that God is wanting to do in your life? That God has a purpose, God has a plan for each and every one of us. And that plan is that God will make you into a vessel of usefulness and of beauty. You say, well, Brother Herman, you need a lot of that beauty part. No, that's not the outwardly beauty I'm talking about. I'm talking about the beauty of him. That God is wanting to form your life, my life. He's wanting to touch us, to make us into an image of him to be useful to a world that's dying without him. That's the purpose of God wanting to touch your life and in my life. That's the very purpose of why Jesus said, what should it profit a man if he gains the whole world but yet loses his soul? He says what is important in each and every person's life is to know him. And God is wanting to use you and to use me in reaching a world that is lost. So God, Jeremiah is so excited. He said, I'm going to go now, God. I got enough, God. I'm going to go tell them that you're sovereign, that we're clay. Life is spinning, that every person is important, and that, God, that you are wanting to touch their life to make it better. You've heard me say many, many times from this pulpit, God didn't come to put you down. God came to pick you up. God wants to make something beautiful out of your life. God wants to make something useful out of your life. Jeremiah says, I'm going to go now, God. God says, no, Jeremiah. That's only two lessons. Learn the third lesson, Jeremiah. And as he watches the potter, he noticed something else. He noticed that the potter is working with the clay intelligently. That even though Jeremiah could not see the finished product, the potter had already saw it in his mind. 
Did you know that, my friend, from the very foundation of the world, while you were yet in your mother's womb, God already knew what you could become? See, it's not our plan. It's his plan. It's not my will. It's his will. And it's only when you and I are submissive to the potter can he mold us and to make us into the image that God wanted us to be created in. Who's the potter? You know, I find in my life that many times I want to be the potter. You've heard me say repeatedly, I've said many times, I say, well, God, this is what I think. God said, I, I don't care what you think. Well, God, this is what I'm going to do. God said, I'm not really concerned about what you're going to do. Because you see, God is simply saying, it's not about you. You are not the potter. I'm the potter and you're the clay. And I've already seen that even though you cannot see, I have already seen what you can become. And I didn't come in order to put you down. I came in order to pick you up to make something beautiful out of your life. You're one, but you're an important one. And I want to form you into that vessel of usefulness and of beauty. Jeremiah must have said, God, I'm going to go now. God, I got enough. I'm going to go back to those people. And I'm going to tell those people that's filled with such wickedness and idolatry. I'm going to tell them that, Lord, that they are special. They're one. But no matter who they are, no matter where they are, they're important to you, God. And I'm going to go tell them, God, that you want to touch them, not to destroy them, not to tear them up, but to God to make them into something beautiful and I'm going to go tell them, God, that you have a plan, a master plan for their life. I'm going to go now, God, when God says, wait a minute, Jeremiah, one more lesson. Watch the potter. And as he begins to watch the potter, he notices something. All of a sudden, the vessel is marred that the potter is working with. And all of a sudden, he notices what the potter has to do. All of a sudden, the potter takes that piece of clay, and he begins to break it up. And Jeremiah must have said, oh, God, I don't understand. You say that you're the potter and that we're the clay and that you're wanting to make something beautiful out of our life and something useful and that we're all important. What happened? Why did the potter have to break the clay? He says, watch the potter, Jeremiah. Step a little closer, Jeremiah. Watch the potter. And as he stepped a little closer, he noticed something. That as the potter began to break the clay, he reaches into the clay and he finds a little pebble, a little pebble in the clay. He says, watch the potter, Jeremiah. And as he watched the potter, he notices that the potter takes that little pebble and he throws the pebble away. And he takes the clay and begins to remake it. He said, Jeremiah, it was not the hands of the potter that marred the clay. It was the impurity that was in the clay that when the potter touched the impurity, it marred the vessel. But here's the lesson, Jeremiah. He did not throw the clay away. He threw the pebble away. And that's what he wants to do with my people. He said, Jeremiah... What's more in my people is the impurity in their life. 
And he said, I didn't come to destroy them. I came to make something beautiful out of them. And the only way that I can make something beautiful out of their life is to touch the impurity and to take the impurity and throw it away. He said, Jeremiah, you go back and you tell my people, you tell my people, they're not in control. I'm in control. They're only clay in my hands. They can't add a day to their life. They're only one breath away from eternity. No, it's not what they can do. It's only what I can do. That life is spinning. It stops for no man. But you tell my people that they're important. That no matter who they are, they're one, but they're a special one. That if they were the only ones here, I would have still came and died upon that cross to pay for their sins. You tell them, Jeremiah, that I love them so, so much that I died in order for them to be able to live. You tell them, Jeremiah, that I want to make something beautiful out of their life. You tell them, Jeremiah, that I have a plan for each and every one of them. They may not be able to see it, but I've already seen it before they were ever born. And you tell them, Jeremiah, that's what's more in their life it's not the hands of the potter, but it's the impurity that's in their life. But if they will let me, Jeremiah, I will take the impurity and throw it out, scatter it as far as the east and the west to remember it no more, and I will remake them into a vessel of honor and usefulness. Let me close with this illustration. Two women go into this pottery shop. They walk in to this pottery, and all of a sudden the whole walls are just lined with pottery. And one of the women say to the other woman, Wow, look at that beautiful, beautiful blue vessel. Now what is she marveling at? Is she actually saying, Wow, look at that vessel. I wonder, I got to know where did that clay come from. I wonder what riverbank that clay came from. She hasn't even thought of the clay. You know what she was marveling at? The hands of the potter who had made that vessel. And you see, that's exactly what God is wanting to do in your life and in my life. That when people marvel about you, they'll not marvel about you. They'll marvel at the potter who is making you into that vessel of honor and usefulness. So I ask you tonight, what do you see at the potter's house? Do you only see that God's sovereign and he's in charge and we're just clay and his hands and life is fit? Is that all you see? Or you see tonight that you're one, but you're an important one. Do you see tonight that God is wanting to make you into a vessel of usefulness and of beauty? Do you see tonight that God has a plan for your life? 
Do you see tonight that it's, it's the impurities that's more in your life, not the hands of the potter, but the impurities. But he come in order to remove the impurities to make you into that vessel that he desires to make. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the potter. I just want to be the clay in the hands of the potter. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight you're here just like Cody was that says there in the invitation, you know what, I, I don't have that personal relationship. And as somebody already mentioned, and I think it was mentioned last night, the greatest decision that this young man could have ever made in his life was to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Placing his life into the hands of the potter to make it what the potter wants Maybe you're here tonight and you don't have that personal relationship. I'm going to invite you tonight to accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. God knows who you are. You're just one, but you're an important one. Nobody like you. You have already know that we've been taught, even in school, that there's nobody before you and nobody after you just like you. You have a set of fingerprints that nobody else in this world has ever had or ever will have. Your fingerprints are unique to you. And then, remember back years ago, during 9-11, I think it was, or maybe before, they came out with technology, and they said, look, we can just take pictures of people's eyes as they come into airports, and instantly we can identify who they are. Because you know why? No two people have the same eyes. Nobody before you, nobody after you, has the very eyes that you have, only you. That's how unique you are. You're special to the one that made you. And maybe you've never accepted him tonight. He loves you, he's made you, and he's waiting for you to come to him. Maybe tonight you know him, but yet you're trying to still be the potter. You're wanting it your way instead of allowing him his way. Maybe you need to come tonight and simply say, as I say many times in my own life, Lord, less of me and more of you, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to die daily so that I may live for you. Maybe that ought to be your prayer tonight. Maybe tonight you need a church home. Some have already come and joined this fellowship. I said, and I will say, that every Christian needs a church family. If you worship here and you love it here and you give here, you ought to join here. If this is not the place, I will say this on behalf of Brother Moore, then let us help you find the place you need to be because you need some place that you can contribute. But you may be here and this is where God wants you to be, but you've never joined here. Maybe tonight you need to come and say, Brother Moore, this is where God wants me. You're that important. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. and Thank you for the simplicity of the potter and the clay. And, and God, I, I love this passage because it teaches us that no matter who we are, that we're all important to you. That, Lord, that life is spinning and it doesn't stop for anybody. And that, Lord, you're the potter and we're just the clay. And that, Lord, that you want to make something beautiful out of our life and that, God, that what's hurting us is 
not the hands of the potter, but the impurity that's in our life. But that, Lord, that if we will allow you, you will remove the impurity and, and you'll make us into that vessel that you want us to be. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight that doesn't know you. Maybe there's somebody here that needs to rededicate their life. Maybe there's somebody here that needs a church home. But, Lord, I pray for this invitation that somebody would come tonight and say, Brother Mark, I need Jesus in my life. Let him make something beautiful out of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing an invitation. Brother Mark will be here to meet you. We're going to ask you to come. wants to make something beautiful out of your life.
ask the band to come back up. You can be seated for just a second. And we're going to end with a song of worship and praise to our Lord because he is worthy of it. Amen. Wasn't that good preaching tonight? Give Brother uh, Herman a big hand. Now again, tomorrow night's our last night. And can I tell you this? Uh, I haven't really said anything about this all week long uh, because I know how generous y'all are. But uh, Brother Herman, he does this for a living. And the Bible talks about taking care of the man of God. And uh, this is what Brother Herman does. He goes all over, all over the country and uh, doing this. And uh, it's our job this week to take care of him and make sure he's taken care of. Amen. And, uh, you know, Brother Herman is one of those old school. He goes on a love offering. And sometimes there's a whole lot more love than others. Amen. Uh, Some places he goes, I know there ain't a whole lot of love shown. But we always want to be faithful 
and uh, and show Brother Herman a lot of love. Amen. So uh, the baskets are at the back of the uh, by the back door when you go out. Please leave something for Brother Herman. You can put in an envelope, uh, write a check, whatever you'd like to do. You can also give online and just mark it for revival. There's a little place for a note and just mark it revival. Uh, but take, we want to take care of Brother Herman. Brother Herman, uh, you done, you've done good. Now, I'm an old Southern boy. Uh, I just call it Brother Herman's been shucking the corn, amen. And uh, he's uh, shucking the corn this week. And tomorrow night is the pinnacle. Tomorrow night's the last night of revival. So uh, I, I hope it's not the last night of revival. I hope it's the last night of revival meetings. But I hope it's not the last of God moving and his spirit moving, amen. And we've already seen God doing amazing things. Uh, so youth night tomorrow night, Ladder, our guest Ladder Rain will be here. Some great, awesome worship. You do not want to miss uh, tomorrow night. I want us to pack this place out, not for our glory, but for God's glory. And I hope we see at least 5, 10, 15, 20 people come to know the Lord tomorrow night. Amen. So let's praise the Lord. This is my story. This is my song. Let's all stand if you would.
we love you tonight. God, we thank you. That's our story. That's our song. Lord, as uh, Brother Herman so eloquently preached, God, uh, we all have a story. We all have a song. It is unique to us. And God, that's why you need every single one of us, Lord. Uh, we, we will reach people that nobody else will reach. Our story will touch people that nobody else's story will touch. And so, Lord, I thank you that we all have our own individual unique story. And God, I thank you for the changed lives in this room. But Lord, we all know we're not perfect, and God, we are all a work in progress. And so, God, we just ask you, Lord, would you help us to live for you? Would you help us to stay close to you? God, would you help us to have self-control and to say no to the things of this world when they come in our path, Lord? God, I know that Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing in this building tonight. And I just pray for every marriage. I pray for every family. I pray for every life that Satan would not have his way, Lord, that you would have your way. Help us to go out and live for you. Lord, uh, fill this building tomorrow night, and I pray for many people to be saved. And we, uh, Lord, we are praying for that, and we believe it in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen. We thank you. We pray it all in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you guys. I will see you tomorrow night, all right?